Well, well, what people are expecting, they're expecting the government to behave the way it's supposed to. The way it's supposed to That's not how power works. Interesting. Just I, if, I, if I make you a promise to you that I'm going to do something and write it down, that doesn't mean I'm going to do it. Mm. There's nothing forcing me to, to, to follow that. And why would the government be any different? Mm. And so when you've got things like international treaties and all kinds of, constant, you know, it's unconstitutional at the border, for example, but what happens if politicians decide, you know what, we're going to write laws that say we can't close the border. Who, who, do you think, who do you think the police are going to listen to, right? The parliament today or the constitution? Because mm. they have an interpersonal relationship with, with their superiors that they don't have with some abstract book. Because they have an interpersonal relationship with their superiors that they don't have with some abstract book. Five Aiders, welcome back to another episode of the Five Eight Take. Today we have a special guest by the name of Lockie Kavanagh. He's known for doing the Stephen Crowder style, change my mind uh, around Sydney. He had a banner that said COVID is a scam and he'd have people sit down and have debates with him. He's also known for doing the Vox Pop style of interview where he'd go to the front of a nightclub and interview people that are coming out or walking past. He's also known for doing chants like these. You can shove your vaccine mandates up your ass. You can shove your vaccine mandates up your ass. You can shove your vaccine mandates. Shove your vaccine mandates. Shove your vaccine mandates up your ass. And others like these. We are the 99%. He also spoke last week at the Freedom Rally that happened in Sydney where over 100,000 people showed up. He'll be there this weekend as well and he's got some interesting thoughts. So we delve into the understanding of what fascism is, what anti-fascism is. We play with the idea of Scott Morrison and Trump being aligned, which isn't a popular idea, along with a whole range of other things. However, before we get there, as always, we want to give a big Thanks to our sponsor. And now a word from our sponsor. Loanoptions.ai. Go to loanoptions.ai slash 58. If you need a loan for whatever it is, maybe you need a foot reconstruction. Maybe your hands are bad. Maybe you need new teeth and you need a loan for it. Go to loanoptions.ai slash 58. You put in your details. You put in how much you want and then you'll get all the lenders across Australia. You pick which one you want, and unlike other loan companies, they don't just palm you off to the next person. They'll guide you every step of the way to ensure that you get the best price. They have saved people a lot of money. So that's why we partner with them. They're good guys, they're a good company, and I definitely recommend loanoptions.ai. However, it, it don't, don't just go and get a loan to go on holidays. People are doing that these days. You know, they haven't been working during, you know, the last however long the situation has been. And then they want to get money to go travelling overseas. I say 
find your purpose, invest in yourself. They'll help you save money and then you can get to where you want to be. Loanoptions.ai slash five eight. Without further ado, let's get into this episode. Let you guys share this out. Remember to rate us five stars. I keep forgetting to say that. I'm supposed to say that if you're on Apple Podcast, give us a five-star rating. Yeah, appreciate it. I do, I do, I do. Let's get into the episode. Love ya. watched the New South Wales um, court case and they had they, – they brought up the Magna Carta and they brought up common law. So in terms of our first episode where me and her had – Doris had discussed it, I was naive to all of that. I thought the Magna Carta was just full of shit. Like I thought common law was just some bullshit. But – and she was she in the episode. She was, you know, saying, saying her piece on it on common law and everything, and about being a sovereign. And back then, I was like, yeah, none of that exists. But when you're watching these court cases and you see them referencing uh, the Magna Carta, and you see them referencing common law, and you see them saying that this is a breach here and here and here, it, yeah, it's it's undoubtedly real and factual. Is that right? Well, I'm not going to I'm not going to talk about my views on that because um, they, they might they might be a little bit too controversial for you. They're too controversial for me. <laughs> I don't think any, I don't think any of Doris's legal advice that she's giving has any relevance in in the world today. No, I don't think so. None at all. You reckon we are living in what? You don't think the Magna Carta exists? Because that used to be my stance, but I just saw that Brad Hazard case and they brought up the Magna Carta. So, I think I think when when it's referenced, it's more of a philosophical reference. It's, it's same the common law. You reckon it's philosoph- How so? Oh, I think it's more of a. I think it's more of a philosophical um, idea when they bring it up. Interesting. You don't want to elaborate on that? Well, I'll put it this way. I don't think that's the – just by nature, I don't think that the law that was written 800 years ago by some king is relevant to today. I think that the ideas behind it are uh, relevant today. Then, but I don't think it has any legal – I don't think it has any legal standing. So what would you say that – you know Friendly Geordies, that case – I don't, I don't know well the case, but go on. So in regards to John Barillaro, he can say whatever he, he – essentially these politicians can say whatever they want and they can lie because they're protected under what was initially given by that king to the barons. The barons are essentially the political space. So we actually have issues of freedom of speech with citizens because technically we're not part of that baron um, – situation and he's protected and so are every politician protected under that and that comes on the Magna Carta. It doesn't come under the section, uh, what is it, 61 or something? It doesn't come under that particular section but the Magna Carta itself is still being upheld. That I've the seen. Magna Carta as I understand. Sorry? That I've seen. 
I mean, it's, my understanding of it is it's more the framework to, to which democracy is built on. I mean, like common law. I mean, yeah. the idea of common law that's when it was first founded. But to I, I don't think it has relevance legally today. If I was to argue that the Magna Carta says this, Your Honour, I, I don't. I, that's not going to make any difference to to the judge's view on whether I've broken the law. So you reckon? If they, what, let's let's what, say they okay. Let's say they introduced right law that stop you from being able to say things that that go against the government, right? Mm. I don't think someone going there and referencing the Magna Carta is going to stop them from from the judge from upholding that law. So where do you think laws are built from? Like, what are we running right now that? That wouldn't be the case if that's the original. I think law is just an it's just a concept. I don't think there's anything that, that there's nothing that forces the society to behave in the way that's, that the writing that the, the books say it's supposed to behave. You know these laws that are written down, right? There's nothing that forces the society to behave the way that it's it's the way it's written down. There's no there's no mythical aura that 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 forces. This the way that the laws are supposed to function to be enacted. There's actually it's, the, the, the this whole idea of power is actually, I mean, it's, it's, it's about interpersonal relationships. That's a, that's what power is. Mm. Power is not power is not laws. Laws are just ideas. So people don't realize. People reference all all, all this legal stuff. But a, a really good example of that is when we we don't see political turmoil in Australia, which is why people don't understand this stuff. Countries that have seen like hectic political turmoil know exactly what I'm talking about. An example of it is when you've got someone who's not the legal leader mm-hmm. who people are willing to follow. I'm trying to think of a good example of it. Um, no, let me here's a good example. I've got an example of it right now. Okay. Okay. Right. Now we've got international treaties that that ban, right, coercing people into taking vaccines or any any medical experiment. Right? Yeah. We've got it's it's unconstitutional to close a state border, right? We, you know, section I can't remember which section. Which section is that? Section ninety. Can't remember. But there's um there's all kinds of things that are being broken right now, right? Yeah. In our passport, what, it what, actually um, doesn't it? It says that in our passport, the first um for the borders to be closed, it says that we have free okay. travel. Let me, let me just get it out right now and I'll quote it to you exactly. So the Australian passport, mm. what is it? At the front it says, the Governor General of the Commonwealth of Australia being the representative in Australia of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II requests all those who it may concern to allow the bearer an Australian citizen to pass freely without let or hindrance and to afford him or her every assistance and protection of which he or she may stand in need. So really these border closures goes against our passport, which is our highest yeah. legal document, right? Yeah, well, well, what people are expecting, they're expecting the government to behave the way it's supposed to. Way it's supposed to That's not how power works. Interesting. Just I, if I... If I make you a promise to you that I'm going to do something and write it down, that doesn't mean I'm going to do it. Mm. There's nothing forcing me to, about, to, to follow that. And why would the government be any different? Mm. And so when you've got things like international treaties and all kinds of, const- you know, it's unconstitutional at the border, for example, well, what happens if politicians decide, you know what, we're going to write laws that say we can't close the border. 
who do you think who do you think the police are going to listen to, right? The parliament today or the constitution? Because mm. they have an interpersonal relationship with with their superiors that they don't have with some abstract book. They don't have that relationship there. And this ties right into, as I was saying before, the decline of Western civilization. What causes the authoritarian state to take over when people lose their temperament is that they have to have a relationship, a relationship with power that's based on a, a personal relationship. So, mm. right, let me explain to you so you understand, right? Mm. A society that is at its highest, I'm just going to use hippie terms because it's easy way of explaining it and it's probably hippies to hippies that will watch your stuff anyway. <laughs> when, a when a society is at its highest vibration, I love you hippies, by the way. <laughs> when a society is at its highest vibrational state, right, mm. it has what's called a republic with a constitution, democracy, all this sort of stuff, right? And that's a reflection of the fact that the people have a certain temperament. Temperament that's diligent, a temperament that's conservative, right? Temperament that's capable of stepping back and looking at things, working hard, right? Mm. Right? When people lose that temperament, which we're losing now, they lose the ability, right, to have loyalty to an impersonal relationship, right? So the most, the ultimate form, so, okay, so loyalty's become more, more personal. And so how does, that, how does that reflect on a society, right? You've got when loyalty needs to be more personal, he says people stop listening to the constitution. They start listening to their superiors because yeah. the constitution is the most impersonal. It's a, it's a bit of paper, mm. right? Someone you have a personal relationship with, like your superior, is is more personal than a bit of paper, right? So as you see this temperament decline, you see people stop listening to uh, uh, stop listening to constitutions because that's an impersonal loyalty and start listening to their superiors. And that's why you see the, the, the decline of democracy around the world. Right? But if you watch it go, it goes worse than that. I mean, you know, you can get right down to tribes. Why, why do you think tribes exist? Why do you think there was tribal living in certain areas? To hunt, to gather, to protect. It's because people need to have, need to have a loyalty that's extremely personal, which means they need to be able to see their leader, they need to be able to speak to their leader. Like we, we don't even, we, in, in a country where... We don't, I've never met Scott Morrison, right? Neither of you, right? Mm -mm. I've met Malcolm but Turnbull. We just, we just accept they're the leaders. That's a very, that's that's an impersonal relationship we have with power. No, hold on. Not that met. that's anything to brag about, by the way. Like meeting Malcolm Turnbull, nothing to brag about. But yeah, go on. <laughs> <laughs> the point the point I'm making is very simple, right? As you see the decline of that conservative type temperament, you see hard work decline. You see religious values decline, marriage, um, control around sexual behaviour, all this sort of stuff. Mm. As you see that decline, you see the level of political freedom decline as well. And the reason for that, as I said before, is because people's loyalty, right, has to be personal. They lose the ability to have to have impersonal loyalty. And so the lowest vibrational society is the tribal one. That's the one with the lowest civilised, the most uncivilised society is just the tribe, right? And so that's, they have to have the most personal loyalty to their leaders, which means they have to be able to see them and speak to them, right? So let's say you've got a king. Let's say you've got a dictatorship, with a, or a monarch, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's a lower, that's a more impersonal loyalty. Sorry, more personal loyalty required to be with a king than with a constitution, right? Mm. It's lower down. Requires more personal loyalty, right? When you're lower than that, the loyalty's got to be so personal that people aren't loyal to the king anymore because they've never met him. Societies have like a a a vibrational 
frequency, or you, if you want to call it that, it's the easiest way I can explain it. And it's based on those traits that I just said before. And we're losing those traits. And that's why our vibrational frequency is going down. We're losing political freedom. Very mm. simple. Apart from the bit where you said that uh, tribes have a low vibrational frequency, I think I think it's just misconstrued in the framing of of putting it all together. But I get you completely. Well, I mean, it's, you know, they can't. They, they, they can't have large political units. That's why. That's why tribal living is the way it is. Uh, some would say it's the it's the better way of living. Well, I mean, I mean that's just, that's subjective. I guess depends on how you look at it. Like as in, as in, you can't have an organised. You can't have. I mean, they can't have the level of wealth that we have, or all this sort of stuff. But I guess it's subjective. Yeah. Who do you look up to, man? You ask me all these questions as if I'm some fucking important person. Like, who do I look up to? Like, what? Who I don't do know. you look up to? Who Who do you look up to? Who do you read? Who do you like? There must be people you look up to. You ask me where I get some of these silly ideas from or, or, or where. No, nah, like, like literally philosophically, who do you look up to? Like who do you, uh, who would you say is a good compass? Like for me, I'll, I'll like, if you come to me and you're like, who should I, who would you point me to, to understand you a bit better? I'd say, go read Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. You'd understand me a lot more. So, who do you look up to, and who would you is someone that you, you know, get not only get these ideas from, but you consider it to have a strong moral standpoint to an extent, because no well, one's perfect. I mean, well, a lot of my beliefs come from Jordan Peterson. I mean, that's that, 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 there's your starting point right there. I've read, I've read a whole lot of different perspectives on. I'm very um, interesting. Uh, uh, one Jordan Peterson um, podcast that's coming out is with Muhammad Hijab and it's coming out on the December 13th and I'm very excited for that podcast. But, yeah, go on, go on. Who's Muhammad Hijab? Well, I've, so I've read a, a lot of very different perspectives <laughs> on what just purely by coincidence or maybe just the fact that I'm drawn, but just, I don't know, just on this, on what is the, the same thing essentially. Like, like, for example, psychology is very relevant to politics. Yes, if you don't understand the relationship between psychology and politics, you end up, you know, Antifa, right? They totally, totally don't understand that relationship at all. And and would if for someone to understand that relationship, they would see that as like a form of you're, you're trying to defend the oppressive system that we, that we live in. You're just trying to defend the system we live in, like how you know, that type of thing, because mm. you're you're benefiting from. It. They wouldn't be willing to listen to any science. Um, in that regard, but they won't um, listen to any any A lot of different perspectives on the same thing, right? So you got yeah. psychology, um, which is one perspective that's really interesting. I mean, if you want to learn a bit about psychology, you can read, you can do the Jordan Peterson personality test. Yes, I can pretty, I can pick pretty much anyone. Everyone, everyone's, I can pick someone's temperament pretty well just by hanging out with them for a few hours. Mm-hmm. The way they speak, the way they speak. The way they behave, you can, there's five core traits, three sub. I, I can pick pretty pretty well what someone's personality is like. Not not 100 percent well. Mm-hmm. I pick every trait to the exact percentile, right? But <laughs> it's a great test that you should do, and it will teach you a lot about yourself, politics, and how you relate to the political environment because it, it'll tell you political views based on 
your temperament and personality. Mm. Very simple. So that's very interesting. Um, have you a lot of stuff about his? Yeah, a lot. Of, have you looked into Carl Jung, which is uh, essentially who Jordan Peterson uh, looks up to a lot? To Carl Jung, he he's a uh, psychiatrist and a physician to an extent. He he didn't he thought being a doctor was really simple and he didn't really want to be a doctor. And then as he traveled and maneuvered, he found psychology. He's one of the forefathers of psychology. So he's, he's another interesting one. If you haven't looked into him. I've never, I've never heard of him. So I don't, I don't know if I really have anyone I really look up to that much, you know, yeah. but I just like, I'll just like, listen to, I like to listen to interesting ideas and, and, and try and relate them back to everything that's going on. Yeah. Or just if I if, if I am learning something and it's relevant to I just like to learn it and think, you know, how is this relevant to what's going on now? Mm. I think I think I, I think I've sort of become very, very obsessed with politics in a very sort of unhealthy way. Mm-hmm. Um just really into it. Just really obsessed with it. And I'd just be reading all sorts of stuff and wondering how it's relevant to what's going on. Does yeah. that make sense? So you've read where Antifa started then? Well, what do you mean? Where they started? Like how I, 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 how they the, they were formed? Uh, how Carl? See, I don't know too much about uh, Antifa at all. I understand Carl Marx was the BBC radio presenter, and uh, he he was a BBC radio presenter, and then he didn't. Um, oh, <laughs> so you've got the Communist Manifesto there, Karl Marx. There you go. There you go. Hey. There you go, mate. <laughs> exactly. So your remarks. Yeah, all the wealth should be all the wealth should be shared equally among the people, uh, <laughs> for the common good of society. <laughs> so I, haven't you, read it, I haven't read it. I, I haven't even read it to be honest. You've got his. You've got his manifesto. Um, I haven't read it. I'm not going to read it. I can't. It's, just, it's a waste of time. But. Um, yeah. So he he was a BBC presenter, my understanding, and um, when he. He lost sort of everything. He wasn't getting paid correctly and then he had this uh, quite a nihilistic view of the world and he came up with his philosophies. And I think JFK was one that is quoted in Parliament saying that um, if only BBC gave him a $2 pay rise, you'd never have Marxism. Well, I think I just think that Marxism is one of those things that would have developed it Someone would have written it. I reckon it's probably been written multiple times throughout mm. history. Like this is like a timeless principle. Mm. Like, you can't, it's one of those. It's. It, I, I think that there are, there are just. I think there are just political sort of movements that 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 spawn themselves out of the environment. Mm. I think it's one of those timeless. It's really just about blaming the the, the all your problems on class based. Right, it's originally class based. Now it's based on everything. But it's basically about people who are poor blaming all their problems on on the wealthy, mm. and you know it, t- it tends to work out really well when there's a really big problem where the the, the wealthy at least the, the where you've got no middle class. Yeah, so it's not it's not a, it doesn't spawn an environment where you've got a big gap. It's not the gap between the rich and the poor that's the problem. Mm-hmm. It's how is the average guy doing? Because if the average guy is doing pretty good, they're not going to believe in stupid ideas like this, right? <laughs> the average guys, if the average guy is absolutely <laughs> suffering while while the, the wealthy are living like royalty, I mean that that's a very bad thing. And I think 
I think ideas like this, right, are just the, the society's natural way of evening itself out, you know. Mm. I reckon that would have been written by someone. Uh, the, I mean, the French Revolution is a great example of that. I mean, the society had to even itself out somehow, right? Like if you've got a situation where you've got everyone suffering like, and, and the average guy's doing terribly, right, that's got to fix itself somehow. Do you feel like we're having and a decimation you, of the middle class right now? Yes. And the reason I think it's done deliberately is so we can switch to some of these ideas. So it's, these ideas would be much easier to present to people now than they would be two years ago. You can tell that much. Yeah. Like two years ago, in a country that's wealthy and, and, and the average guy's doing well, it's very hard to sell them on some of these ideas. Do you reckon but, China is communist or Marxist? No. Is, is it a disguise of um, capitalism? Well, I mean, Marxism is, you know, Marx, <laughs> Karl Marx famously said that if you wanted to sum up Marxism in one sentence, it's government control of all private property. Government control. In other words, if you have the government, government ownership of all private property, if you have the ability to own something, mm. you don't live in a, you don't live in a Marxist country. Under mm. Marxism, the government owns everything. True. That's how it works. So, the government owns the factories, and you just get told what to do. This is your job, uh, Diego, and, and you have to do it. And the government decides how much each factory is going to produce, what they're going to make. All of that. So if you get a job you don't like too bad, mm. and if, if, if the government accidentally produces way too much of one thing and not enough, I mean, there's food shortages, people end up starving because essentially no government can plan an economy better than an economy can. I understand the – was it World War Two that fasc, um, anti-fascism sort of drove up? Like it became really popular or – Fascism became really popular. Fascism became really popular. In World War Two, yeah, and anti-fascism. Yeah, go on. Marxism and fascism are both based on the idea of that we the government has to do what's right for the collective, for the greater good. And if the government has to hurt people for the greater good, well, that's fine because for the great, it's about the, it's all about the collective. These two ideologies—they're polar opposites. These two ideologies, by the way, which you don't get—we don't get—we don't get taught—we don't get taught—we get taught a total. This, this is what the average guy who doesn't do any research is taught about Marxism and fascism. <laughs> they have no idea. They're just taught total fucking flop. They, they don't know what they are. They don't know anything about it. They, they, there's a, definitely a deliberate attempt to make sure that no one has a fucking clue what these things mean. Mm. In my belief, I reckon there's it's not, put, it, put it this way. If, 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 if it was a, there's no way that people could be this uneducated about these ideologies by accident. I mean, like, no one has a fucking clue what the things are. I don't even get it. Uh, to me, what's happening in America uh, is anti anti fascists I mean, I are fascists. You know what I mean? They're, they're wanting what the government wants, which for me, no, no, it's, me, it's like let me it's. Let explain it to you simply. Yeah, go on, simply. go on, go on. Right, right. Please. I said that this, right, this is ideas like this are natural ways of the society from evening itself out. Mm explain it to you fascism is the society's natural way of stopping this that's what <laughs> fascism is so so that's inevitable but it's inevitable for that to be stopped with an in inevitability no what i'm saying is that ideas like this right yeah i mean they they, they thrive in environments where people are struggling mm. right 
right? And this is, these are really bad ideas, right? And whenever you have a rise of something like this, you will always have a rise of fascism. Fascism is, is an ideology that attempts to stop this. And the reason for that is because no libertarian can stop an authoritarian belief system like this. They can't. If you believe in freedom of speech, how are you going to stop the, the, the Marxists who want to shut you down? You've got to shout them down and stop them from speaking. That's the only thing that's going to work. And it's just, that's just the reality of it. I don't believe in shouting people down who don't agree with me, by the way. But it, it just if you look, just looking at it objectively, I mean, only, only an ideology that believes in authoritarianism is going to stop another authoritarian ideology. This is why we're, this is why we're watching. This is why we're watching the, the, the woke brigade absolutely just take over all the institutions, take over the media, the education, and just it's a total, it's, it's not even, there's no chance, there's no hope. It's just like it's not even, it's not even a fair fight. Because the conservatives aren't willing to embrace authoritarian ideas. It's beneath them. It's beneath them to try and stop someone from speaking, right? Or try and have them try and have them sacked from their job for being, a, a, you know, someone who believes in Marxism. That would be sort of beneath the the average, right? Yeah, that would be beneath them. But the, I mean, that, that's that's the real problem. As much as I hate to say, and I'm, I'm against all that sort of shit. I don't think it's right to do this stuff like that. But just looking at history, when you look at it objectively, it's pretty clear that fascism is is just the counter the counter movement to this. Mm. So, like I said, like I said before, when you see temperament dropping, yeah. right, you see authoritarianism will take over in some form or another, right? So it's a question of what do you rather? Do you prefer that, or do you prefer fascism? What, what fascism seeks to do is it seeks to, to, to elevate society back up. That's what it seeks to do. And so, so let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Just because this is so confusing without examples. Right? Yeah. An example would be a fascist government would ban, like I said before, gay pride parades and, and, and things like public, all the porn fucked up things you see online. Ban it. Just remove it all. Right, remove all from these. So that's that's authoritarianism. I mean, we're, uh, the libertarian in me would argue that that's wrong, right? Up for moral reasons, but practi practically, I'm getting to, practically, I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to realise that we actually need, we actually need, and uh, something like this. Mm. If, you, if you if you look at what what I've been saying the whole time, I mean, we're clearly going down, and clearly only I think only something like fascism would save it. I think. I don't think it's right. I don't think it's good, but I think it's the only thing that's going to save save us from what's coming. Because at the end of the day, let's think about how many fat people are there that just want to eat McDonald's. But fascists fascists would ban McDonald's and say, "No, we can't have it because that's weakening society. We can't have that." And someone like me, someone I'm a libertarian. I believe that that you should be able to do whatever you want. But when you're in a situation where the whole country's falling apart and everyone's fucked and no, like it's just totally in ruin, all those debates go out the window. Now, that's how this sort of stuff unfolds. I think some of it's unfolding in Poland right now. Have you seen some of the stuff uh, that's uh, happening in Poland? Oh, I love Poland. I'm watching Poland. I love Poland. And, um, <laughs> I think it's, yeah, I'm watching, I'm watching it. They're banning LGB. I'm like, rah, I'm like, oh, I might go to Poland soon. Um, <laughs> uh, it's just so interesting to watch, you know. Uh, it's, it's just so fun, fun to watch and see what, see what happens. But, yeah, that's exactly what's going on. There's pockets of the country where they've banned the parades. They they saying that it's not good on the Polish kids uh, to be able to you know to be seeing that on the streets, and they believe everyone should be modest and um, keep that for 
themselves inside. They actually have a big border crisis as well at the minute. So a libertarian would argue that that is just everyone should be able to do whatever they want. Mm. But when you look at sort of the effects of that, uh, these people are actually, just, I mean, they're not arguing out of nowhere. It's obviously bad for kids to have that. So that's exactly what's going on in Holland. And they've also started, they've also started, and this is not a good thing, but they've started to try and pack the court. Right. Um, which, which yeah. They started to try and pack the Supreme Court in Poland. That's what they've started trying to do. This party, it's an authoritarian party. They've started trying to do this. And I would say that's wrong because that's 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 ruining democracy, mm-hmm. right? That's what I would say. But when you look at it from the perspective of the people in power at the, right now, I mean, would you rather have a, a country where that's, that's less democratically free or a country where there's all these gay people marching in the streets and kids are having sexual sex chains? It's actually a serious question to consider. If, I, I would say these people are packing the court and trying to trying to take over trying to take over the high court I mean they're just thinking fuck me we don't want we don't want kids having sex changes let's let's pack the court so that we can make sure that none of these ridiculous laws ever get through again and we can ban all that that crap so these well that sounds that these, sounds pretty democratic that they're still able to you know go into the courts and try and you know win their seats to be able to do their position. Because the other option is that the other side will put forward their arguments and they'll try to win their seats back to put forward their position. And it's whatever position stands uh, is the position that wins. It sounds quite democratic. No, but Okay, so when democracy starts to decline, it doesn't happen overnight, but it happens in stages. Yeah. Right? One of those stages yeah. is to try and delegitimize the whole judicial system. Mm-hmm. That's one of those stages. And that's what they're trying to do in Poland, right, with the whole court packing that's going on. Right. So it doesn't mean that doesn't mean that one minute you live in a democracy, the next minute you live in sort of a totalitarian dictatorship, right? But the first thing you do if you're a government like that is go and try and take control over the high court. So then you can then because then they start trying to pass laws to to ban things like um, to, just to, to to make all those things illegal, things like sex change surgeries and stuff, right? Mm. If you're if you're this is where all this ideology becomes very subjective. Like where most people in our movement, I believe, think that that authoritarianism is wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Unless you're a crazy uh, Antifa guy, I think <laughs> everyone believes authoritarian. Well, yeah, you that? yeah, right. But when you're in a situation where you got the choice, where the opposing party is going to try and make all your kids gay and have and make them have sex changes and legalize pedophilia, I think you kind of go. Maybe authoritarianism is not such a bad idea if we can stop those things. Do, do, you, do you understand how we, these things can become a hell of a lot more subjective than, than they appear on paper? I understand what you are saying. I understand for, for, for if it's something you do not agree with and you feel like it's a crashing of the society and societal norm and it's not creating a benefit for society – you definitely want an intervention and you want the society to move in the right direction that is purity, light, truth and honesty. And if you're not seeing that, you'd want an intervention. You'd want someone to come in and do exactly do those things. 
I see that. So I think. I think. I think, I think of, as I mean, I'm not explaining my position super clear. I think authoritarianism is a bad thing, right? But I think in Poland, for example, they're in a situation where you got to pick your poison. Right? There are no, there are no, there's no good options. You've either got, you've either, you can either vote for sex changes for children and legalizing pedophilia, or you can vote for, you know, packing court packing and you know banning gay pride parades. What do you, what do you choose? You, get the- you choose the best to. Red or the blue pill? You only got two choices, really, and you choose. Yeah. <laughs> Put it this way: I'd be, I'd be choosing, I'd be choosing packing the court over having sex changes to kids and legalizing pedophilia. That's any day of the week. The way you said that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, fuck, they're the choices. I mean, it, it really is. It really is the two. The two. It's the. I mean, I don't, I don't even know if you're about to post this online without it getting censored, based on everything I've just said. Um, yeah, to be perfectly honest. I get, I get, I get. I think, I think the podcast would be fine, but in terms of the video and Instagram, we can, we can try, man. We can, it definitely on Telegram. Definitely, yeah, definitely on Telegram. I guess. I mean, yeah. So there's not many platforms it's, it's, out there. Why haven't you moved on to Telegram? Where have you been? Don't, Why don't, don't you start? What do you mean you don't? Know? What do you mean you don't know? No one knows how to use something when they start using it. Like. I, when I first, I had a podcast with Raf and I was, I, that was when I got banned off Facebook for my ridiculous 47 years that they've given me. They've not even taken me off the platform. They just said, look, you can post again in 47 years. Yeah, mate, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't coming back in 47 years. But um, yeah, and then my YouTube got taken down and then Raf was like, you, you know what, try Telegram. And then um, we, yeah, we built a, we made a telegram. I started to learn the platform and now got a quite a, it's now surpassed my Instagram really. And we're starting to get back some, some people. I wish I made a mailing list so I could tell people where I was, but um, yeah, I had to learn how to use it. We're going to do clips back on YouTube, by the way. So five, eight take on YouTube, go and subscribe. But yeah, I had to learn how to use it. Why don't you, you know, get amongst it, mate? We need to send you back online. Well, okay, well, let me tell you another reason why why I've gone AWOL as well. By the way, if you want to know the real the real reason is this. Yes, I don't really like to do stuff. I don't really like to do things like like what we're doing now. I don't. This isn't really my thing. Mm-hmm. I don't really like to go and doing making videos online. Mm. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't get me that excited. I'm more. I'm more like to do things in public. Where I go out and do ridiculous, uh, you know, attention grabbing you know just funny things that make people think yeah so i like to do i find it i find it rather amusing as opposed to like do you know what i mean like covid's a scam change my it's far more amusing just to be sitting there ah how are we doing guys like i just like to go in public and do funny thing i don't really enjoy making videos online too much i don't really know what to make videos of you know, that type of thing. do you know what i mean you prefer the real life um Live performance, live questioning, live understanding, live energy, rather than a online world that is just you know. Put, put, put it this way: I can always come up with creative ideas for a way of doing something in public that's going to make people think, that's going to make, that's going to sort of grab attention, make people think, and ultimately, it's just amusing. But I can't. Th- I can't. Th- it's very much harder for me to come up with ideas like that when I'm just making videos online. It's much harder. Mm. 
just, you know, it's not really my style, you know. So while we're in lockdown, we couldn't do things like that, you know. That's why I stopped. True, true. We were, we... And I, I, I mean, what am I supposed to make videos of? I mean, oh, just videos online, you know, like, I mean... I understand what you're saying. It's not, it's out of your, you know, out of comfort and it's, it's not the greatest. Well, it's, it's just, it's, it's just, it's, it, well, okay, I'm a very impulsive person. That's, that, there's your first, there's your first thing you know about me, probably not, not the day you met me, but just this, the, I just don't enjoy making videos online. Mm. Like I've seen Maria Z just does live streams every night. Like mm. I'm just rather, I, I just rather live my life. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, I find that sort of stuff quite boring. So you wouldn't do these lives that people do? Because I understand you did do, um, you used to do lives, right? And um, I did, used to, Yeah, I probably did it for like 10 weeks in a row. Every week we'd do it. Maybe, maybe more. Because you, you, you were doing those lives before any of them were doing the lives. And them, I mean like the sort of Sydney scene. Yeah, yes that space and then I guess after lockdown and after what happened, talk, talk us through that um, what happened at Bankstown. Talk us through the court case because I think that had a big impact on you stopping to make the content too. Yes, I mean, I, I, mean, I had bail conditions so I couldn't, I couldn't – we were also in lockdown too so I couldn't you know, set up a table or go and interview people or things like that, which is what I enjoy doing. I don't, I don't enjoy doing videos online. but So that obviously had an effect on it. Um, and for those that don't know, Lockie, uh, would go and set up tables and essentially say, uh, COVID is a scam. I don't think we can even say that. I might have to bleep that out. <laughs> but, but, but I, 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 I talked about fascism in a favorable light before, but you're going to have to remove that entire section. Probably even just now beat that word I just said too. Do you reckon that word you can't even say that? I mean, I think that will maybe be. You can. I think that's okay. Maybe it's the end. But anyway, you were you set up tables and you put out COVID as a scam and you'd ask people and you'd have discussions with them and you'd also go to. I think I've seen a few Darling Harbour videos. You'd go and just have conversations, which is um, pop vox. I think is a term for that uh, style of yeah, content. Yeah, yeah. And so for those that don't know, that's what you were doing before. And then, you know, lockdown happened and the Bankstown incident happened. So what, what happened there? How'd you, how'd the situation unfold? That was such a news, news reporter. So how did the situation unfold? Well, I mean, <laughs> put it this way, if I, if I wanted to stay out of trouble, I was doing everything I could to get into trouble, really. I mean, I, I just, I couldn't help myself but grab one of the megaphones. I thought, oh, I'm going to stay out of trouble. And then once I started kicking off, I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm going to the car and get the megaphone. I just couldn't help it. And so I was up the front fucking yelling shit when, when, the, when the police pulled up. Um, like, it put it this way, if I wasn't one of the people holding the megaphones, I wouldn't have got arrested. That's just, that's, they only arrested three or four people that were right at the front, people holding megaphones. Anyone else would just, they were fine. They tend to do that at protests, just go directly for some key figures to... Yeah, to, exactly. The leaders, the leaders. It's a, it's, a, it's a matter one. So now that the the case is over, is it over? Yeah, it's over. Are you going to go to protests? Well, yeah, I was at the last one. I was hungover as fuck, so people were coming up to me and trying to talk to me. I'm like, oh, 
fuck me. I literally went to bed at five in the morning and go up at eight thirty to go have protest. And I'm just ah. And I'm, people trying to talk to me, and oh, I just fucking was not in the mood to socialize that. <laughs> people come up to me, like putting cameras in my face. Oh, what do you got? And I'm like, fuck me, just leave me alone, cat. <laughs> I heard there's, so um, I'd, 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 yeah, I had people coming up to me, yelling at me, be like, where have you been? Where have you been? And I'm like, oh, fuck me. <laughs> want to know, man. People do want to know <laughs> where you've been. Like, one of, the, one of the, the dude asked me to speak as well, and I was just like, fucking can't speak. Okay. <laughs> I was just so hungover, bro. I was just like, fuck. Probably shouldn't have got so drunk before a uh, before a protest. Yeah. That's it. That's you know where my priorities are at. <laughs> getting getting. No, I've gotten drunk before all of them, pretty much. <laughs> it's not that bad. Not not as bad as last time. There's one um, this weekend, um, and apparently there's the talking about Antifa. There's the Antifa protest is against this protest. This is what I've been told. So apparently there's a protest in Sydney, but there's a protest across the road that is anti that protest, but it's been put out by Antifa people. I don't I don't really know the ins and outs of it. This is what I've been told. So because so I'm looking to I'm- go do interviews this protest if you know if we're allowed. So um, that's how I know that. I wouldn't mind I'd probably do the same thing. I wouldn't mind doing some interviews that'd be pretty cool actually. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't. But so anyway, so you say I remember you saying before. I mean, it's a bit off topic. That well, how do I understand what these Antifa guys believe and all this sort of stuff and why they believe what they believe? Yes, is it because I've read this? The reason I know this is because I used to hang out with a whole bunch of vegans, right? So I'm, I'm vegan. We used to, I used to hang out with heaps of other vegans. You're vegan. I, I sort of watched. I'm vegan, yeah. But I watched a slow. I watched a slow, but insidious rock. Vegan, the vegan community as people started to embrace uh, Marxist beliefs over the course of maybe three or four years, and how 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 quickly did it become a very uncivilized place? I can tell you that much. Uh, it went from being it went from being a, like a, a like a pretty virtuous place to like holy fuck, this is toxic in like two years. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I shit you not. You think that it's just crazy it's, when police like that take over because. If you disagree with me, you're the enemy. As soon as you have people who believe stuff like that, fuck me, it gets bad pretty quick. Yeah, it, it does. But, so I understand what these people think. I understand what these sort of people think because I've, I've, I mean, I've been surrounded by a lot of them for a long, long period of time. You know? Is that what shifted you the other way? So why haven't you given up veganism if if that's the case? Well, I mean, why haven't you given up veganism? Because, well, I think that I think that that's an extreme. It is an extreme. I mean, I think, A, it's the most healthy way to live. And then here's me having, having one of these ones. Oh, it's the most healthy way to live, guys. Be vegan. You know, plant-based diet, whole foods only. You know, smash, smash and piss on the weekend. Right? I do it so I can afford to smoke and drink on the weekend, you know? No, so I, it's, I definitely plant-based. Plant-based eating, whole foods, plant, is definitely better for your health. I think, no doubt about it. I've got a mate who eats fully meat, and so I don't talk about it with him too much. Because yeah. You know, no, I, 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 yeah, no, that's me. I, I eat fully meat. There we go. There you go. <laughs> I, I believe it's healthy. Well, I mean, yeah. great to describe that. It's, yeah. it's too much of a long conversation yeah. to have. And, you know, I'll probably, we'll probably end up getting into a fight. No, I'm joking. No, I, I won't. <laughs> we'll both no, headbutt no, our screens. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I also think it's wrong to kill animals as well. The way they kill them sleep out. 
Mm. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't disagree with that. I, I think the way that um, animals being um, slaughtered is absolutely terrible. I believe you should I mean, go out and hunt an animal, skin an animal, and I believe that animals should be sold as whole. Like you should eat the liver, you should eat the heart, you should eat every every part of the animal. But yeah, go on. Right? Yeah, I do believe that. So well, so I've been in. I've been in some of these places, and it's not. The living conditions for the animals aren't very good, but it's just like people get to live in this fairyland where they kind of, if you just don't, it's kind of same with COVID, it's exactly something. If you just don't think about the what you're eating and just pretend it was sort of like I mean, it must have been cuddled to death or, you know, all these silly <laughs> names like humane fed. Yeah, I, like, I get that. You know, free range eggs and all these, all these silly names that they give, you know, it's, you know, organic grass fed, right? Still had its head chopped off and, and screamed. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry guys it's, 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 it's free range grass bed you'll be fine <laughs> I don't know just some of the footage you just got you know oh. yeah I get but, you yeah, there's anyway. a there's um there's a yeah we could talk about this I, I was about to talk about the documentaries and breaking all of that down but we could talk about this for quite a long time but I agree with you on the sense that I don't think they should have these massive slaughterhouses and the way that they treat these animals are absolutely horrible. Um, but in the same sense, the way that they make a lot of these vegan food is pretty, pretty bad as well. So, however, we'll leave it there in terms of the food. Back to the – so that's how you know all of these Antifas. So are you telling me, well, yeah. are you telling me that veganism has a connection, direct connection with Antifa? Well, it didn't used to four years ago, but let me tell you why. Let me tell you why very simply. Right? Yeah. Very simple. A lot of a lot of people. So uh, there, there used to be old, older people who who sort of, sort of, you know, they they read some stuff and they were wise and they did it for their health and they never. Older people never seem to get involved in all this toxic political rubbish. Yeah. Older people, but it's all the young people. And the reason for it's very simple. It's because they don't work. Right, they don't have any ambition in life, and they want to blame someone else for their problems. Mm. And someone like that, if you're, let's say you're 20 and you you, you don't really have any ambition, you just do nothing with your life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not too bad. But when you're when you're 28, you've done nothing with your life. You start to resent everyone else who who, who has, because like, you just see what they're doing that you just you just become jealous of it, right? Yeah. So I, I've seen this first. I don't know exactly what it's like. I've I, I've known people like 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 this. Person and watch it happen. Watch the slow progression of them going from being a healthy person, someone who believes in these crazy ideas, to justify their own fact that they just don't want to do anything with life and are jealous of other people. Mm. I mean, I've watched I've watched it happen over time to people. So I know exactly what's going on. I've watched people go from eighteen to you know happy and healthy to twenty two, and they're all 23, 24 and they're resentful and they. You know, believe that white men are the cause of all the world's problems, right? It's just crazy ideas that have no bearing on actual reality. You know, right? mm. even oppressive patriarchy. What else? You know, I can, you know, how many other stupid ideas can you come up with? But the, the point is, it all—it's all just a way of justifying your own unhappiness. Really, mm. I'm unhappy because of, of this. You know, society—it's society's fault that I'm unhappy. That's—that's that's their logic. Society has to be changed. I'm going to use my fists to change it. So that's kind of how it works. So you're going to be there this weekend, and they're going to be across the road. And you're going to interview them, or you're going to speak. What are you? Are you, are you going this well, weekend? 
Yes, I'm going to. So when I say they use their, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're not very, put it this way. They're all people like that. Don't they don't have any balls? I can tell you that much for free. Um, I actually went to one of their protests. They've transitioned. I got. Well, I mean, they mastered because none of them. No, put it this way. Uh, I went to one of the protests in Newtown once, and I got surrounded and mobbed by about two hundred of them. Right, but but, but but I wasn't the slightest bit like worried about my safety because I didn't think one of these guys would have the balls to throw a punch. They just have like, the balls to burn buildings. No, well, they just. I mean, I don't know how it is in America, but in Australia, I mean, I feel like Australia it's it's, it's far more passive. America's a bit. America's a little bit different, right, to Australia, mm. where Australia's far more soft than America. We're far right. more soft than America. Far more soft. I mean, uh, mate, have you seen America. have you seen AFL? Like they they got to wear padding. We just smash each other. NRL. We just run it dead on. Big men, whoo, straight into yeah. each other. They got to wear these paddings. Like, oh okay. my God. Well, you know, what we don't have in Australia. What people burning down buildings? That's what we don't have. Yeah, but that's not strength. That's pussy. Well, uh, it takes a certain level of strength to go and burn out. I, I, I think so. Right now, that might, I'm not saying it's a good thing. That's terrible, right? But mm. at the end of the day, it does take. You know, I mean, we haven't seen any buildings being burned. I think part of it is also because, I mean, in America, the whole there's whole political I mean, politicians are encouraging it. You know, when you got politicians encouraging people to go and burn down buildings, I mean, how ridiculous is that? Yeah, absolutely. We don't we don't have that. We don't have that in Australia, and that's that's another another thing. Mm. So if you were going to speak, if you were going to speak this weekend, and they were across the road, what would you say to them? Well, put it this way: I don't think they'd be open to listening. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair certainly, enough. Certainly not to my views. My, in fact, my views are, are just the person who works. Up to all this, by the way, it's Jordan Pace because he's the one who call, calls all this sort of stuff out. Yeah. Day. I mean, once, once I start listening to what Jordan Pearson had to say, that, you know, people want to show off how virtuously I'd approve to their neighbors that they're such a great person, right? Mm. By adopting beliefs that they have no large scale views on social issues, that they have no information or education on or have done any research whatsoever, they, just so they can show off to their neighbors how, how virtuous of a person they are. Yeah, it was very quickly. It became very obvious what what was going on with these people. I reckon these 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 ideologies are toxic, man. It is. It seems like there's just extremes to the left, to the right, to the up, to down, where whatever. It just seems so extreme, and it, it's it's hard to just find people that you know sit in the middle, sit level headed, can listen to sides, and can just dissect things and think for themselves it's everyone wants to watch a video to know what is said in a book these days they don't want to actually sit down read that book dissect that book journal on that book understand the ideologies or the frameworks that that person's putting out and then at the end of it not only that they don't even want to take the good and leave the bad. They just want to accept it all for what it is and then not even move on for from that. So 
And I, that's not even to Antifa or, or fascism or any any it's political. This is in general that I'm saying. It's it's people's people want to be fed. People don't want to actually do the work, and it's they wanna, sad. They wanna, all they want to do is they want to have. They think having opinions more important than actually having a well thought out opinion. Yes, yes, and they fit, and they feel like someone like. Someone of some status, or or they just uh, hold these people to high regard, like their voice can't be any anything like wrong. They can't do any wrong, like like Dan Andrews, for example. They he has these supporters that as you look at it and you're like, how can these people not see this man trying to? advance himself and put himself into a ridiculously powerful position. How did they not say that? You know why? It's very simple why they don't say it. Why? Because there's no, there's no, he doesn't, he portrays himself. It's politically, I, I think politically he portrays himself. Right. And he portrays himself as kind of this innocent kind of guy. Mm. He, put, he doesn't, he, he doesn't portray himself as being some rough guy. No. He, he looks very, he looks very innocent. He doesn't look, he, doesn't, he looks harmless. Mm. He's not, he's not, he's not like an aggressive guy, or, or, or he doesn't portray any traits publicly that you would see and think that's something I should be worried about. He looks frail. Looks frail, looks, but the point he doesn't look threatening. That's the, that's why he gets away with it. I reckon. Mm. And people are just people are expecting someone who's evil to be to have a threatening appearance or 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 to do you know what I mean? Mm. They're, they're, that's what they're expecting. They don't understand some of this stuff's covert. Mm. I read a great book. I read a great book. It's called Malignant Self-Love. It talks about covert narcissism. Covert narcissism? Covert narcissism is a phenomenon where someone can be an extremely selfish person and only think about themselves, right, but have the out, manage to conjure the outwards appearance as if they're this really great person in the community and they can have the whole community convinced that they are this great person and they're not. And the people who figure out who they really are, people who know them closely figure out who they really are, but for them to try and tell that to other people is very difficult because the other people have never seen that side of them. Mm. And they're so good at putting on a show and making sure that people don't see the, the, the bad things of them, they hide that stuff, that it becomes very hard for people to see it. Are you sure this isn't an autobiography on Dan Andrews or what? Who's this well, written I mean, by? I mean, Are you sure it wasn't written in Melbourne? Covert, it's very. It's, well, when you've met people who are covert and dealt with covert narcissists before, which I think a lot of people have, um, I, I think women tend to be the ones who, because women suffer from it more, right? Because um, they don't expect it. As a, I think women are less expecting of of, pe- of people being bad, I guess. Well, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, it tends to be a woman thing more. Right, that they're the ones who are like who, who know this type of stuff. Put it, I know far more women who know what I'm talking about and have experienced this stuff than I know men. Men tend to not even notice it, right? Um, just because for whatever reason, maybe because we're stronger and, and and you know what I mean. It doesn't affect us as much. But um, but when you've dealt with people like that personally and you know them in your personal life, people who are clearly very selfish, but they hide it very well and make it very egotistical. But they're very good at hiding it, and they do all these bad behaviors behind the scenes and hide it. It's it, 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 once you see that, it's like 
that's a conspiracy right there. Mm. You've seen that's the original, that's the, the ultimate conspiracy. Once you, once you know that there's people like that out there that are so good at acting and pretending they're a good person and they're not, that's when you start to realise, hmm, fuck, one of our politicians are doing the same thing. Mm. It doesn't take much imagination to figure out that are, like exactly what they're doing. But I think people like, like my brother, for example, has never experienced, he's, ne- he's never picked up on someone who's like that before. Probably, mm. probably met them, probably met them, but he probably would, have, would have just never picked up on them. He's far more naive when it comes to politics than I am in terms of what mm. politicians are up to. What do you look at? Never seen that you, What do you look out for? What or from that book? What does it teach you that uh, some traits or characteristics? Like if we're looking at Scott Morrison, what pinpoints him to be a covert narcissist? Now you have. Well, here's the first point: you have to know him personally. You actually know that's the first point. Right. You have to know. I mean, they're very good at putting on a show. You have to know someone personally to know. Right. Mm. Mm. right. Like, like if I was a covert narcissist, you would have to know me personally to know that I'm putting on this big show and I'm this totally selfish and shallow right. person. You have to, you have to know someone personally to, to to see that, right? Yeah. How would someone who's seen you on TV once or twice know what you really like? Do you know what mm, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. Because at the end of the day, coming across as a selfish, you know, power hungry person, that's not conducive to to, to getting power. Mm. It's just not right. You got to come across as a humble guy. You're humble, you know. You care. False modesty. It's called false modesty to be pretend to be humble. So the point the point is, you have to know these people personally to know what they really like. Yeah. I I I, I see that. I see that. I Scott Morrison's a weird one for me, man. I really don't understand the guy. I can't put my finger on the guy. I understand that there's the the locations that are controlled by the federal government, um, especially in the Northern Territory, they're 100% not vaccinated. So the areas that he controls are 100% not vaccinated. And then he... Zero vaccinations. Zero. And then... And then... You know, he was linked to QAnon, which we we put. I put out a clip with Maria Z where um, I touched on that. I put the whole uh, uh, ABC uh, segment where they did a whole piece on him, saying that he's attached to QAnon, and you know he was trending on Twitter for a while to be part of QAnon. They're saying he's really close to Trump, and there's the this whole entire, you know back thing and now he's going to come out and then he's going to um, uh, support the he's unvaccinated. Save the world. He's going to save Australia. Oh, yeah. sorry, he, he's going to support the unvaccinated now. He's going to say that he's constantly about pro-choice and that he doesn't believe in the government telling people what to do and this is apparently all he, what his, his rollout of his campaign is. And so, and so, he's had two years to do this, but he's just—he's been saving it for the right moment. <laughs> do you know, like, <laughs> but how about this? A, how about this? What if these people? Let's entertain this thought. What if these people are so powerful? These, these, these. Let's say there's these. Um, you know, the as Kerry Chant and Brad Hazard said, the New World Order. 
let's say this new world order and whoever's behind it, the World Economic Forum, Merck, whoever you want to throw in there, let's say that they're so powerful that people like Scott Morrison, uh, people like Bolsonaro, people like Trump, people like they just don't, they can't act because they really need that one-shot situation. They can't really go against it because it's that planned out and that above. Well, like what if that was the case? Okay, so so I've been having these – I've been juggling with these two different thoughts for for a while, right, and I don't believe that's the case and there's a few reasons I don't believe that's the case, right? And uh, one of them is that Trump could have said a hell of a lot more to do uh, to make a difference. He could have, and he could have done a hell of a lot more to make a difference. And there's some very simple things that Trump could have done to stop what's going on. They didn't do. Okay. Right. One of them. One. One of them was he could have told the, the American states that they have to pay for their costs of any lockdowns that happen. The federal government's not giving you any money. You've got to pay for that. Yeah, but and that may that may not have been that may not have been politically popular. They may have lost in a few supporters, but. I can tell you right now, there wouldn't have been lockdowns if you'd said that. So, however, presidents come in, they put something through, the next president comes in and just takes that out. So he also didn't need to say that all these people are pedophiles and we're going to save the kids and we're going to make, we're going to do these things to change the fabric of America and also he didn't need to do all of these things to get people into politics. I think if Trump didn't come around, I don't think anyone would have been focused on politics. We could have been in a really bad situation as well. So the ripple effect of the things that he also said and then being pro-choice, then talking about – he was the first one to talk about alternative uh, medicines and alternative – remedies and uh to i don't know if he called it the flu exactly but he he categorized it as so however i do understand that warp speed came under him but what if warp speed was because these thing is so big so he needs to get power again or else they you know they he it's part of the plan as as the as so, the so, uh, uh, as I was saying before, the reason I don't believe this is because Donald Trump could have stopped all of the lockdowns just by doing one simple move by refusing to to fund the states. I mean that would have been that's all he would have had to do. And that Refu- would have been the end of it. The unpack to, that, unpack that. What do you mean by refusing well, to fund I the mean, state? I mean if 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 he'd just come out and made it very clear from the very start that you're welcome to lock down all you like. But the federal government's not going to be paying for any of, the, any of, the, any of your debt that, that's going to be accrued because of the lockdown. You're going to have to figure out how you're going to manage that yourself. I think very quickly states would do a cost-benefit analysis on COVID and realise that, hang on a minute, we can't afford a lockdown for flu. The flu is the flu's nowhere near as bad as these lockdowns are going to be. We're going to have If we have to pay for this ourselves, the, I just think on-the-ground on the process due diligence would have been done far better if people didn't have... A, a branch to grab onto. Which is, there a, is there a process to doing that? What do you mean? Like you know how the president but, can't do whatever he wants unless he signs an executive order. Like for that he would have – because he'd have to go against the House and Pelosi and Chuck and all of them. So he'd have to sign an executive order for that to be the case if I'm not mistaken. I'm not too sure. 
Once again, I'm, I'm here playing another scenario and another universe and I'm trying to see other things from different perspective. Our, our topic is still if this is what Scott Morrison is doing because this is his new campaign yeah. that's coming across. So we're looking yeah, at we'll, another no, world. We're, 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 we're exploring two ideas. One of them is yeah. whether these people are actually trying to do good but don't have the power to do it. Yes. Right? Or whether they're just part of the system. Part yes. Of, or, you know what I mean? Yes. And you you believe that, or I don't know whether you believe it or whether you. I'm you're putting it forward. That, yeah. Putting it forward that Scott Morrison and Trump, you know, maybe they're trying to do the right thing, but they don't have. They're just in a situation where they have no control at all. Yeah. They're doing the absolute best that they can do. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm telling you why I don't agree with that. All right. Tell and me. the reason, the reason, the reason I, I said this before we before we we uh, when it yeah. wasn't recording. Yeah. Um. One of the things Trump should be saying is that hey, the government can't fix your problems. But instead, he's doing what is he doing? He's doing the government can fix your problem strategy, which economically is exactly what these socialists want. They want everyone to believe the government can fix their problems. Mm. Now, you might argue, you might argue that he has said that he has said that um, the the solution is not in man; the solution is in God. Mm. He has said that. I mean, you might argue that he was the reason it is it was very politically unpopular to go around telling people the government can't fix problems. That's that is the least politically popular thing you could ever say, I reckon, to mm. people who've got problems. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I reckon. All right. There's pretty much not a worse political statement that could ever be made. Mm. That I reckon mm. than telling people that the government can't well, sorry, you have to fix it yourself. Mm. Right, so you might argue that it's not good politics, but you know, I think given the situation that he's in, I mean, I, I, I just think he could have done so much more for the situation that he didn't do. You know, just like saying certain things like that, like just like that, made that a mantra. The government can't fix it. I mean, he only he had four years. He could have he could have called out COVID. I mean, I would have done that if I was the president. Mm. If I was generally wanting to do good, right? He called out. He to, called out Fauci. I think was he the first to call out Fauci? Well, he could have said there's a global. He could have said there's a global communist conspiracy going on, right? They're trying to switch. They're, they're trying to switch the global order to communism, right? They're, you know, <laughs> they're following. They're following the clear steps that every communist regime seems to follow. I mean, you go and read the forty-five goals of communism. You know, imagine if he said that. Wouldn't he be? What if he was dead straight away for saying that? Well, okay. That's maybe what I mean. What if the power? What if the power is so big that he couldn't? He can't. He can't say that. Let's well, shoot his family. Yeah. So what if they oh, did that? Has- yeah. What exactly? So what if their power is so big? Like this. This plan has been around for a long time, right? And if it's been planned correctly, let's say that it, it is a plan. No. Right? So what, okay. What you're saying is, if Trump doesn't do what they tell him to do. I'll kill him, and he's just and he's trying to do the best he can without. You, he's sitting. He's sitting within pockets, so he's like trying to gain power back by saying anything woke goes broke. But there's everywhere else in the country is trying to wake up. So by saying that, you're sort of showing to these powerful, powerful people to put you back into power because things are falling apart, and uh, that he's going with the system, but. Doing things like 
bringing everyone's attention to politics before politics takes over everything. And by everyone being looking into politics and having this 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 wider eye, did you did, were you into politics before Trump? No. So by all of these people looking at politics and looking at everything like this, if it wasn't the case and from what he was saying and how outlandish he was saying it, people probably may not have even looked at it. They, they, it would have been like a flu shot, like everyone gets it every year. But because it's been a spectacle, it's been warp speed, it's been having to be brought forward because the whole year of the, of the world economics was 2830. That was, that's the, the plan was 2830. Now that it's been brought to 2020 and, you know, things aren't tested properly, leaves us now with a product that is not a great product. It's not working. The product yeah, is yeah. failing. You need to get these boosters heaps of times. It doesn't stop you from, you know, passing it on, so on and so forth. I don't want to get into that scenario, things of whatever the, the, the vaccine is, but it's been brought forward. So what if that's the case? What if they just can't actually have any, any control, but they're trying their best to plan together a few little pieces to put a halt. And if so, it doesn't work, okay. it doesn't work. Okay, so okay, so so my counter the counter view to that is why wouldn't they just have Donald Trump killed before he could draw all this attention to politics if that was the case? Because saying all the right things. So you, you, these are these are things that uh, all politics. Yeah, they don't. They don't think he's that much of a threat. They're just like whatever. Yeah. Is that what you meant? Yeah. So it's it seems like they're like they could be thinking, look, he he's just saying all the normal political stuff. So when he's in the meetings with them, he could be by the way, we're just living in another universe and exploring ideas here. So <laughs> so but <laughs> I'm glad that you said that. Because <laughs> so, I mean people listen to this, oh fucking <laughs> Yeah, they'll they'll go off. People start going off and that. Like we let us let us um, have these thing called imagination for a little bit, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so, I have pretty much been sold on the idea that he's he's involved, he's just involved in it and is pretty much for like six months. So this is it. it's actually pretty interesting. Yeah. So what if um what if he he goes to those meetings and then they're like, Oh, you said this and you've you've like awoken this population and then he's like, Well, no, but I'm I'm rolling out the vaccine. We need chaos. We need everyone going, you know, crazy. We don't know what to do. And then and then they're like, oh, all right, all right, all right. And then they get to the election, and it's like, no, nah, we need to get this guy out now. Like he's he's playing us. He's a grifter. He's a grifter, and he's just saying these things. But really, he's going out there, and then just like uh, in in the back of the mind, playing to people's desires. And he's said that before. He said that in the seventies. I'm he's good at playing to people's desires. So. 
Okay, okay, okay. This is actually a very interesting thought, Ryan. This is actually such an interesting. I've actually never thought thought of it like that. Okay, so you reckon that? So let's let's say he's part of the World Economic Forum, right? And mm. and and when they're like they're like, why are you saying all this stuff? You and he's like, no, no, we're rolling out the vaccine. It's fine. Like you reckon that's what's going on? Well, I'm living in another universe here. The same way that Scott Morrison yeah. is part of Q, he's he's been pushed by, you know, ABC to be part of Q. They were trying to get him out and then none of his areas has been vaccinated. The only things that's in federal control hasn't been vaccinated. And Scott Morrison is the single most hated guy by left and right. There is no one that's hated more. Like... Sometimes you, you stop to think. And then the Bolsonaro. Bolsonaro is the uh, Brazilian um, version. And he's, he's just got the World Health Organization to admit that they don't, um, they don't support uh, doing it to kids. And he's also got them to admit that it doesn't work in certain scenarios. And he's also – the same thing is happening in Brazil that's happening in America. So they're trying to – they've tried to get him out multiple times and he's threatening to bring Brazil back to military. Now, I'm not saying that obviously we're, we're in, this, in this hypothetical. It's an interesting concept because otherwise why would even anyone be – you know, you, there was no reason for Trump to say all the things about pedophiles, all the things about moving all of these things. He, like, bring it, credit where credit's due. The guy brought light into a lot of things, whether it's for his own advantage or whether it's not. He said things that woke people up to politics. And then he has to say, you know, anything woke goes broke. Look, I'm keeping them still like asleep. They're not going to wake up anymore because I said that. You know what I mean? Behind closed doors is like, put me back in power. Your vaccine rollout is shit. I can get it out. And then he goes into power and then it switches it up. He's got his buddies back. Scott Morrison was very close to Donald Trump too. Mm. That's an interesting, that's an interesting thought. Yeah. But, you know. That's we we can you know we can we can have you know otherwise what's the other option everything's evil everyone's working together we're all fucked and everything's evil and we're all so, fucked yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> or we can I don't know, yeah I don't know. Uh, put it this way there's a massive cult following around Trump and it doesn't seem I mean I reckon there are people that would follow him to the ends of the earth. I reckon people listening right now think that I'm a mad Scott Morrison supporter and <laughs> I'm going to get mad hate. <laughs> They're like, listen to him. He loves no, Scott it's Morrison. Interesting- it's an interesting what thought. Is- can we not think anymore? Like, can thought. we not think? It's, it's an interesting thought and I've never actually – I've pretty much just accepted my belief at this mm. point. I accepted it maybe six months ago or longer. Like mm. after the election is when I – I think it was before – I was, I was slowly starting to become more and more of the belief that Trump's just part of, you know, he's just he, the controlling both sides and Trump's just part of it. Mm. Once the election happened, that's when it solidified my views. But, you know, maybe maybe you're right. It's not, it's not impossible. Yeah, I, I don't think every, 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 whatever you believe, every action, there's a reaction, there's evil, there's good. 
no one ever believes that there's only one thing and there's only one way. So why would it be only one way with this in the sense of even even like the vaccines themselves, there's other ways around. Like I, I believe there's multiple ways to everything and maybe in this alternate universe that we're like exploring right now could be a reality. There's a possibility of it, surely. Oh, there's definitely a possibility of it. Um, definitely. Um, I think it's very, it's a very interesting thought, though. Yeah, people are pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Rock you on, rock you on, rock you on. Yeah, no, everyone's trust, gonna be like, trust in the plan. Yeah, mate, trust <laughs> Donald Trump's gonna stay the world, guys. Trust in the plan. <laughs> oh, too good. Too good. Any, it's it's interesting these days that. Even if you explore ideas that, you know, you, you – even you, if you explore ideas outside the norm, even if you believe or don't believe them, you're a conspiracy theorist. No, it's like I think Aristotle was the one who said it. The, the mark of intelligence is being able to explore new ideas without accepting them. Yes. Entertain, entertain an idea, listen to it and entertain it. Hmm. Well, that's true. Without accepting it, yes, because a lot of people they can't explore an idea that they think is ridiculous. Mm. They can't do that. Well, they, an idea they don't agree, they can't really explore it too much. There's one thing, probably one thing I've learned from my dad. My dad's is always since I've my, some of my earliest memories has been my dad telling me about conspiracy theories, mm. and just he's, he's finally starting to realise that. Is what I'm saying is true, right? But some of my earliest childhood memories, I remember him telling me that that there's people out there who believe that 9/11 was like orchestrated by the CIA, and I remember things. I don't know, but the fact that, that there was a level of open-mindedness there probably influenced me in some way at a young age. Mm. He didn't say no; it's totally absurd. There are there are crackpots. Do you know what I mean? There's a level yeah. of open mind, even though he didn't have a strong opinion. There was a level of open-mindedness there. Yeah. I've started to remember some of these some of these childhood memories, mm. probably because of everything that's going on. Mm. It probably had an effect on me on me like to this day, you know. Yeah. My level of open mind. You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. Because when 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 a parent tells a child at a very young age, they have to adopt everything the parent believes like very very quickly, and you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, like kids understand and they see a lot more than what we think, um, and that's why I like. If, you know, if you see your kid say something to you where where they're like, oh, I've finished this book, you need to be overly excited. You don't just say, oh, great. You be overly excited and then that kid will read more. You, you tell them something that's outside of the norm, they'll – when they see something, they'll think outside of the box. They'll, they'll see new ideas and – I think that's a higher level parenting. And that yeah, that Aristotle quote as well, that's that's a that's a quality quote. It's interesting, man. The world is an interesting place at the minute. Bro, you've tripped me out with your Donald Trump theory. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Just imagine him going to meetings like 
come on, guys, we've got this. We're going to – and he's like secretly he's like trying to save everyone. Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> <laughs> the storm is coming. It's, it's, not impo- it's not impossible. It's not impossible. sounds a bit ridiculous, but it's not – you know. It's not impossible, right? Like, And everything, everything – there's always heroes to stories. Maybe he's an unlucky hero, unlikely hero. Who knows? But in, like, this, in this Marvel universe that we're contemplating right now that, you know, could be the universe. That we, I mean, the, all of this shit that's happened, to say that a, a president could possibly save his country, I don't think that's that far-fetched, right? Out of everything that's going on, you know what I mean? That's that's an okay idea to have these days, right? I'm sure. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I don't, <laughs> what I was saying before, I maintain my view is that I don't think I think the only thing to save the Western world is is a, a lot of a lot of pain and suffering. Elaborate uh, on that. I think we were and discussing a, that when we great, weren't recording. There's a great saying. Um, there's a great saying. It's um, Tough times create strong men. Strong yes, men so create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create. I mean, we're we're watching watching a whole bunch of weak men create some very tough times for themselves. That's and what we're watching. And the weak men, if you're wondering, by the way, if I'm watching, is fucking you and me because we're all fucking weak. <laughs> That's just how we are. And so now, sounds. Yeah, and um, Stefano. The one that uh, wrote the book Hard Times Creates Strong Men. That's probably not the pronunciation of his name, but that is his name. He died of cancer after going into the forest and doing a water fast um, and then recovered from it. And then suddenly, somehow, years later, he he was died. He says that he believes in an 80-year cycle. So an 80-year cycle to that hard times create strong men. And the 80-year cycle is coming up to World War II. So the hard times is only about to get harder if that so cycle is right. Well, if you want to read a book about exactly, the book I just I told you about before, Biohistory, The Decline and Fall of the West, yeah. goes and breaks down everything about history. Like in, in terms of it's all based on temperament. Mm. And temperament is like the, the the behavior and personality of the average person at the time, because that's what predicts the way everything that goes on, mm. right? Everything that goes on in the world is sort of, in, in terms of the society, is predicted by what's the average person's temperament like in, in this time period. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And he goes and 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 explains the cycles to which, and in a very predictive, and it's such a predictable fashion that's just astonishing. In terms of the, the the temperamental changes that happen within within what he calls a lemming cycle, which is a it's a three hundred year cycle, mm. and so it's very interesting stuff. It's very hard to explain. Um, I go around telling everyone about it because it's so interesting. If he's got any sort of intellectual whatever and, and wants to talk about religion or stuff, I, I talk about some of these these things with them because it's very very interesting stuff. I mean, it, but basically, he believes that. Every 300 years, a population will go through a what's called a lemming cycle. This is this is what his whole podcast. Mm-hmm. We don't do Jim on the podcast this week. We talked about mm-hmm. so lemming cycle is where you've got a uh, you've got an animal that is a victim of vicious predation as 
one of the restricting factors on their population growth, right? So you've got an animal that lives in an environment where they have predators eating, right? Now, if that animal is too timid, it won't be able to explore and find food. Right? If they're too scared, they won't be able to explore. But if they're too courageous, they'll get eaten by all the predators, mm. right? So you've got, a, you've got a lemming, little rat, right? A little lemming out in the, in, the, in the jungle. If that lemmings, if those lemmings are too courageous, they all get eaten, right? They're too brave, they'll all get eaten, right? Mm. But if they're too timid, they won't be able to explore properly. They're too scared, they won't be able to explore properly. So what lemmings do is, and this is almost every prey animal that you can imagine that it has is, is a victim of predation, that does what's called a lemming cycle, where they go through cycles where they, they have a massive population growth and their population explodes and they expand and they expand and they explore new territory, right? And because the, pop the lemming population or the, 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 the prey animal population goes up, so does the predator population. So the explosion of lemming population goes up, predator population goes up. And so to combat this, the prey population then dies off very quickly and that kills off the predator population. Mm. And so they do, it, they, do it, they do it in a cycle so that it, it's the, they can explore right, and, and, and explore new territory and spread their population without being too courageous and getting eaten and, and, and having the whole uh, whole population just die off. If it's a cycle, that's the best evolutionary way for them to be able to explore. They go through explosion and then die off and explosion and die off. Interesting. Right? Following? Yeah. You following? Yeah. Well, I've lost you yet. No. Uh, the point is that humans, humans are prey animals. We, throughout history, we have evolutionary design to have this exact same mechanism inside us. And, the, and because we were victims of, I mean, before we had civilization, we were victims of, of predators. And so every 300 years, we have this exact same cycle. It, it, Lemmings, it's very short. Humans, it's 300 years. Ten generations is what it is, right? Mm. And so the exact same thing happens. And when, when that expansion phase that you see in lemmings where they expand, right, they want that massive population growth and they expand, right, in lemmings, that's known as like people think lemmings jump, commit suicide by jumping off cliffs. It's really they really just get so courageous they just jump off the cliffs into the water and die because they're so courageous because that that's how their temperament is. They become so courageous when their population explodes, right? When humans have the same behaviour, it turns into war, and that's what caused World War One, right? The massive population growth and the, that 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 drive for expansion and and mm. think about the soldiers, like courageous. Right, weren't scared of dying. The lemmings jumping off, lemmings jump off cliffs. Soldiers run into gunfire. Right? Yeah. Understand? Like it makes a little bit of sense now. Yes, I need to read it's that. It's very, very interesting. Goes and explains it. And what, what I would love to see a debate between someone who doesn't agree with this theory, uh, and ask, have a debate with with about the theory with Jim. That'd be amazing, I reckon, because it goes so in depth into all this stuff. It's just the 300 years. What happened 300 years ago? That's that's my question. I don't know off the top of my head. No, so okay, populations have populations have cycles at different stages. Yeah. So like Switzerland, for example, you know, they were neutral during World War II, World War One. The reason for that is because they were not near the peak of their learning cycle. Right. So, oh, so you, each each country has their own. Each country, each location, each population, each has a, fragment has a uh, a lemon cycle. And there are different stages. 
Yeah, right. Okay, I understand. And what the, 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 the the one the, the, the population that's at the stage where where it wants where it has a massive expansion. That's when you see an empire try and take over. Mm. We see a massive. So Japan's a great example of that. They just wanted to expand. There was this great this great nationalistic pride where they just wanted to take over as as much as they could. They went on taking over taking over China and you know Southeast Asia and all that all that. It's really they they reached the peak of that lemming cycle. Well, China China was was the opposite. China was in civil war. Mm. China wasn't wasn't close to the peak at all. That's why China didn't want to expand as well. Like totally different temperament. So it explains all this stuff. It's very, very confusing for someone like me to explain. They have graphs, but graphs and like proper pictures and diagrams to explain how it works. Yeah. It's, it's far more simple to understand in, in that respect. But it, it's just so relevant to what's going on now because they're watching the collapse of an empire in terms of all this stuff. And I don't think anything's going to save it other than, you know, just letting it collapse. That's my view. I mean, what's going to make what's going to make some entitled guy who thinks he shouldn't have to work? What's going to make him realise that he doesn't get to sit around doing nothing and blaming all his problems on 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 other people? Only only like him realising, holy fuck! If, it, like I can't just sit around doing nothing. This whole civilization is fall apart if I do that. We all do that. This everyone's going to starve. But you have to go through that to realise, holy fuck! I don't just get to do that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. That's what's going to happen. Because at the end of the day, we all are pretty much just you know, doing nothing and being lazy cunts compared to history. That's what we like to do, you said? Well, I mean, if you compare our society to history, I mean, we are just a bunch of lazy, you know, entitled wealthy people who just sit around doing nothing and complain about problems that don't really matter. Not really. We've built a lot. We've developed a lot. We've, we've um, grown a lot. We've went from sticks and nothing to fire to hunting to understands mating to understand compounds, fragments of tissues, how to slice, what to eat, what not to eat, how to capture fish with our hands, how to capture with a spear, how to cook this meat like this, how to build this building like this, how to structure things to grab energy, how to create these these. You, you don't have my nihilistic views, do you? You don't have <laughs> my nihilistic views of the world, do you? <laughs> I, I, or maybe I'm <laughs> a uh, what's what's a uh, fairy taleist. <laughs> It's not yeah, even a yeah, thing. yeah. So, so it's not even a thing. If you compare us to history, right, right, if you compare us to history, the average guy today is pretty bloody lazy compared to history. Definitely. I can't I can't even I like can't even I can't even fairy tale a different understanding or answer. And to like that. even people who we consider hardworking today are pretty bloody lazy compared to hardworking people were in history, right? So, and it's the same with guys who are with men who are tough. Men, even the toughest men today are nothing compared to that's what I'm trying to get at. I'm not yeah. trying to have a, a total nihilistic view where I believe the whole world's <laughs> fucked. <laughs> That's how it's <laughs> At the end of the day, what I mean, every problem you've got in your life is nothing compared to the problems 100 years. That, that type of thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Does that make sense? Yes. I'm not trying to be fucking, oh, you know, German <laughs> gloom, you know. <laughs> is it true? Yeah, I mean, that's how I see it. In, in, just for, for a purely objective perspective, I do think that's true. Like if you look at it purely objectively compared to history, that's true. We are a bunch of fucking 
lazy people who want to complain about problems that don't matter. If you, if, if you dropped our ancestors into the world today, they would think they were living in paradise, mm. right? They would. You got someone from 200 years ago who was like riddled with fucking smallpox and dropped them and like, you know, living in their own shit, right? And you drop them into today where they don't even have to work. They can just sit around doing nothing pretty much. The government gives it. They would think, holy fuck, I've died and gone to heaven. Until they see that they have to stay inside and they can't come out until they have this thing that they have never seen before injected into them. Then, then, then maybe not. Then they might be go back to the jungle life. <laughs> we'll put it this way: I think they have, I think they have way more balls to actually go out and do something about, or way more proactive in going out yes. and doing something about what's going on. They wouldn't just be sitting around letting it happen. <laughs> That's for sure. That's for definite sure. My brother, it's been a pleasure. Let me. Where where can when can people expect you to? I know you don't like doing the online stuff, but are you thinking of? Maybe doing some interviews again. Are you? Are you? Do you have some concept or ideas that you're gonna, you know, come back? I mean, with what or? am I gonna talk? I mean, what am I gonna talk about? You know, like, what do you mean interviews again? I mean, you can talk about how, you know, do you, you lockdowns? You, mate, you enjoy history. Like, why don't you like? I know you don't want to. You don't like that. You you just like you like to antagonize though. <laughs> What do you mean? You like to go out and then just be like, poke the bear. Well, it's yeah, it's, it's certainly certainly amusing at times. <laughs> yeah, well, there, I'm sure there's a lot of content that you could do. You just have to, you well, know. Well, I mean, I just feel like it's not that important. Like, I just feel like there's so many other people doing it. I, I don't even like doing it that much in terms of online stuff, right? Mm. And like, what the hell am I even going to talk about? You talk about things that you love. That's what you talk about. Like, like I, I can share. Put this. I can share my views. I can share my views, but a lot of my views aren't welcome. I, I, I don't believe that this whole community that sort of believes they're all awake to everything that's going on. I don't believe that these people have fucking any idea what's going on in terms of just. I mean, half of them believe that Australia's living on stolen land. I mean, there you go. That is an example of a totally irrational belief that's just got no basis in fucking reality whatsoever. You know. Like, I was I was about to end the conversation and then you drop that in. Jeez, wait, 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 wait. Like, you got to elaborate on that or maybe not or she can actually just let it sit. Well, you can let it sit if you want to. But the point, the point is that like my actual personal beliefs, mm. put it this way, they're not very popular. So I, I don't like to just jump on bandwagons or, or believe what everyone else believes. I like to have my own unique views. And that's that's why people want to see you. That's why people's missed you online. That's why people well, have it, missed your it, content. Put it this way: imagine, imagine making videos like that. You know, put it this way: it wouldn't be very popular. Or well, you you might be more think, popular think, than you know, like than you think. Well, let me tell you this right now: I think anyone who believes Australia's in stolen land and thinks we thinks all is part of the problem. That's what the government wants you to believe. That's the, and people don't realise it. They don't realise it because, right, they're trying to be nice. They're trying to be compa- show compassion to someone who appears to be suffering. The government is? Well, I mean, there's a great book. The great book you could go and read. It's called The United States of Socialism. It's a great book. It goes in depth into all this sort of stuff. Basically, any, any movement that's promoting hate and division and blaming someone else for your problems is really benefiting the government. Right. 
So, and I don't think that this, you know, this is stolen land. I'm so angry that the white people invaded. I don't think that's any different to any other movement that's promoting division and hatred because that's what it's doing at the end of the day. So what what do you – so you don't uh, take into – you don't entertain the understanding that if this is stolen land that if we are to give power back to the Aboriginal people that, you know, the it'll be a better scenario than the current one. Or you think it's just too far gone? Or what do you mean well, by well, that? Okay, well, let me tell you very simply, right? Yeah. I don't think someone, I don't think these people are protesting, right? Why, why, why are people protesting that this is stolen land and having all these things about how it's all stolen land? Why do you think they're doing that? They're doing it because they're, 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 they're unhappy about it, right? Well, well it's guilt, right? Yeah. But like people are, people are unhappy with the current circumstances, which is why they're going out protesting, right? Yes. Do you agree with that? Yes. Now, if someone is unhappy with, with what's going on today, are they unhappy because something happened 250 years ago? If they have to sit down and ask themselves, really, am I unhappy because of something, an event that happened 250 years ago or am I unhappy because of the way I'm behaving my, own per- my personal decisions today? Mm. Interesting. Definitely well, well, circumstances. Every bit of land, that's every country is the, the result of some sort of conquest. Yes. At some point. The like how far back do you go? Should should the Italians apologize to the French for and bow down to them and pay them reparations for two thousand years ago when Caesar went and invaded and slaughtered all the French people? Like how far is there a limit to how far back you can go? Yeah, that's an I don't, I don't think that's an interesting one. Like definitely, I don't think definitely an interesting one. Because I'm 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 part of the same situation coming from Brazil is like you got your you know the the Spanish came in they they wiped out actually committed genocide of an entire race of people and then they gave Brazil to the Portuguese and then the Portuguese to- took over but yeah the Brazilians aren't there complaining um, about you know what you know why they're not complaining why. The real problems to worry about. That's <laughs> they do have a lot of big problems to worry about. They do. Yeah, and so you, you start to understand my views now. Mm. But you know, these these things are the, the sort of the hard truths that people don't want to hear, and um, even people in our movement subscribe. There's so many dumb ideas that don't make any sense, right? Like just that question: How far back do you go? And how, people haven't even thought of that, and they're going around saying and having this whole sort of you know, letting this become part of their letting ideas like that become part of their identity, right? Without even thinking it through properly. But you can understand were, how would, you can understand how people get to that understanding, like how they get to because history. Then the question would be, has this land been conquered by the Aboriginals? That would be the question. Because if it has, then that argument would stand. If it hasn't, then if there was no – but there was a treaty 
So it's not stolen if there is a treaty. However, if the treaty is broken, then it becomes stolen, doesn't it? What do you mean? The point, well, what, I, what I'm saying is now this has any effect in our life at all today, whatsoever, zero, right? And if you actually wanted to do some good in the world, right, you can talk about real problems, like problems in in the Aboriginal communities. That, like if people wanted to actually do something different, you talk about like actually fix Australia and so, or do good things that people are actually struggling. We can talk about the fact that single motherhood rates in the Aboriginal communities are, you know, three times higher than that in the rest of Australia. Talk about that. Oh, this is a problem. Maybe we could try and encourage a culture where we, you know, religious values, all this stuff. There's no talk of that. It's literally just we want to yell and scream that this is stolen land and carry on so we can show off how virtuous we are. There's no actual thought behind any of it. And yet people, even in our movement, jump on these bandwagons with no thought whatsoever towards any of it because they've never even been asked these basic questions. How far do you go back? How far, how far, how far do you go back in history before you, before you decide that we, it's just too far away? It's too, it happened too long ago. How far do you go? Because obviously going 2,000 years ago to Caesar is too far, right? Would you agree with that? <laughs> right? Would you agree that the, 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 the Italians have nothing to be sorry for for Caesar invading France? Do you think maybe we should go back that far and the Italians should start kissing the feet of the French and saying, I'm so sorry that, do you know what I mean? Like, how, where do you draw the line? Mm. I think I understand what you're saying. The Italians do have their own country. Mm. I understand a virtue signal. Um, aspect of everything definitely there's a lot of virtue signaling happening i also understand the sentiment of aboriginals who uh get put in a situation where they're you know it wasn't too long ago it was the 70s I don't, I don't right have, 70s I don't, I, don't, I don't have any problem with aboriginal people by the way just want to put that out there. Yeah, I just, I just this whole, this whole, this whole ideal Marxist belief system around hating people, hating white people because they stole the land. I think is just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I understand what you're saying because we, we, you know, there's. I don't like that either. I don't like the whole, um, you know, the white guys. I don't feel guilty. I, I don't feel guilty that that a bunch of British people, two hundred fifty years ago, come and and come to this country. I don't, I don't feel guilty I wasn't there. Like it's just something happened in history. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I also I understand that the situation is uh which which uh, is a is an attest to what you're saying is that the situation is a situation to hold people arguing on that rather than moving forward combined as a unit and putting that behind rather than wanting to change something that really isn't going to be changed. Like, Yeah, I mean, correct. So before, none of these people are actually having like, – the, the, one of the arguments they'll make is that like the Aboriginal communities are suffering because of the trauma of being invaded by – and all these silly arguments. But none of them actually have any interest in actually talking about real problems in some of these impoverished places. Not, they don't care. They don't care what the problems are. They don't care. Not, not blame white people. Not none of them, but I understand what you're saying. I, I get what you're well, saying. Well, sort of the average sort of one who goes, you know what I mean? Like you, 
you know, yeah. you've got obviously a lot of great I mean, uh, leaders. What's that? Jaquinta Price is someone who shared, I probably wouldn't say it, probably wouldn't say it the exact way I would say it, but she shares a lot of great stuff about, basically shares my views. It's totally ridiculous for Aboriginal people to be blaming. Jaquinta Price? Jaquinta Price, yeah. Jaquinta Price, all right. Basically believes it is like a, like I'm saying, cultural change is what's going to happen to fix. And to blame people for saying is just nonsense. 250 years ago, like, come on. And I feel like there's, uh, this time is bringing a lot of unity to to get over that. But I do see a lot of virtual signaling in a lot of things, man. I saw virtual signaling during the BLM, uh, but I also saw a lot of uh, Aboriginals that were at the tradies uh, march, but they weren't at BLM because they could see the situation. They could see that, you know, of course Black Lives Matter, but at the end of the day it's – uh, the the uh, the organisation importation and everything like that is is a bit iffy and people see through that so uh, a lot of Aboriginals didn't didn't go to that and um, it's it's all it's all a it seems like it's all it's called cultural Marxism cultural Marxism so basically we just try and convince people to blame each other for their problems so you can give yourself more power. And that's been happening a lot. It's every every tyranny in history is involved blaming, trying to convince people that someone else is the cause of their problems, so that the government can come in and fix it. Yeah. I think it's called scapegoating. Mm. It happens every tyranny in history. You go and you go and pick them out. It's all about finding someone to blame, and give me give me all this power, and I'll punish those those damn oppressors. That's how it works. It's, and it, it turns into a delusional belief. It's not even like, it's not even, it, there's no, eventually there's no bearing in reality. It just turns into total delusion. Mm. People just want the person in charge to punish their deemed oppressor. Mm. Sometimes there's truth to it. There's usually a little bit of truth to it mm. in terms of this sort of stuff, but there's, I mean, there's never justification for giving someone more power so they can punish your you know, perceived oppressor. I mean, a great example is Kenya. Kenya? They kick out all the Asians in Kenya. What? This is like 50 what? years ago. Basically, there's a dictator who believed, right, that the Asians were taking over and had all their business, right? Yeah. And that, pretty much every business was owned by Asian in, or Indians, Indian Asians, right? Yeah. Who'd moved there. Yeah. And they basically said that they've stolen all of our businesses They've stolen these businesses. These should businesses should be owned by Kenyans, and they're owned by these agents who've moved here. Eventually, the, the, the dictator basically said they had a few months to leave, or they're all going to be killed. It's just a great example. They all left. They all left, and the Kenyans believed it was great. We've got our businesses back from these agents who've stolen our businesses. What happened? What happened? Massive economic crisis because Kenyans, the Kenyans who took over the business, didn't know how to run them. There's a reason. There's a reason that the Asians are taking it. It's because they knew how to run business as well. Right? They, didn't, they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't get there just by, you know, magic. They they, they were the ones who understood how to run business. They're educated, right? Mm. But the point is, the point is, it's the most the easiest thing to do. It's very easy, easy to make the argument when people are suffering that someone else is the cause of their problems and give me more power, I'll fix it. That's the easiest argument to make when people are suffering. Yeah, I I. I I agree with that because 
like I'm from like a r- little rural place um, in in Rio, and we moved to the favelas, and I was you know poor as shit, and then I came over here, and you know I just assimilated to the Australian way of life, and we were poor as shit over here as well. But I've never ever 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 blamed anyone for anything. I've just continued and um, studied, you know, read, opened my mind looked at different ways of life and continued on. And I do wholeheartedly believe that if you stick in a victim mentality, you will get nowhere, no matter what happened. It like no matter something happened to you yesterday, move on, move yeah. on and figure, figure things out. And yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, man. I understand what you're saying. People don't, people don't seem to be able to come to different different opinions on this. Mm. They just seem to follow whatever seems to be the most virtuous. Mm. All, so when I say beliefs like that, that's when I go, well, they're not really they're not really awake to what's going on. Because mm. you know they're awake to all this COVID stuff, but then as soon as the government throws out another little trap for them, they just fall for it straight away. Oh, I feel stupid. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. That's how, that's how I feel about it anyway. I don't think I don't think that in Australia that anyone should be feeling so told that they're a victim ever. No one's a victim in Australia. Get on with your life. Go and make something of your life. You can do whatever the fuck you want. No, just whatever you want to do. You know, set some goals and get started. You're not a fucking victim. You know what I mean? Like that's the worst thing you could tell someone is, is that they're a victim. No one, no one deserves to be told they're a victim. It's hard for people to hear that. I think we. I think it's too much truth all at once. That's why I think this 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 podcast is going to be very. Uh, it probably get removed. Mm, true. There's truth in that too. <laughs> all right, my brother. Um, thank you for coming on. I'll, I'm sure I'll have you on again and definitely do this. Um, as soon as we move into, we're just holding off moving into a straight guest studio. So we're doing a lot of things on um, Zoom. Uh, probably until next year and then we'll set up a uh, back into the face-to-face guest but where can people find you now where where are you are you posting on, on anymore on, in, on, in, uh, on instagram yep so you can see why you can see why i don't post my views or make too many because like you can see that like i reckon i'll get attacked just from this video from people in our community. i reckon i'll get i'll get cancelled <laughs> do you know what I mean? Just for having, I reckon there'll be people that'll message me on Instagram after seeing this video of you tagging me and saying all kinds of, don't you reckon? I reckon they will. I reckon me um, exploring the possibility in another universe and it, me even saying that it is in another universe of Scott Morrison maybe working with Trump and them trying to do some good I'll I'll get the same thing man like I guess I guess what people just it's hard like people just need to chill out they need to be yeah, open minded <laughs> that's that's what they need like, to like, do so I don't think anyone who disagrees with, with my views would ever debate me on this. I, 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 I don't mm. think anyone would ever debate sort of the philosophical. Like what I'm saying is philosophical. Mm. Right? Mm. I, don't, I don't think anyone would debate that philosophy that mm. disagrees with some, some of these beliefs. And if there is, I'll set it up, bruh. I'll set it up. 
<laughs> my brother. I mean, I, I, I'm not an expert. I'm not a, like a, some sort of expert. You know what I mean? I'm not some sort of debate, some political debater who goes around. De- but like, it, this is common sense, guys. Like in a society that's, in, that's literally embracing madness, this is like kind of obvious. It's not something that you need to be some sort of expert to see. It's, it, it should be obvious, like kind of like COVID. 